This is Helping of Happiness, episode number 108. Today we are talking to Whitney Archibald from How She Moms about how to take a break from the comparison trap. Hi, you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I'm your host, Hilary Hess, a crazy mom of seven kids who loves to eat and loves to travel. Mom life can be exhausting, hectic, and scary at times. So let's take this journey together. We can love, we can learn, we can laugh, we can cry, and we can become better friends while we're at it. I'm excited for the opportunity to introduce you to Whitney Archibald. She's going to be one of our presenters at the Mom Break Experience. Let me tell you a little bit more about that. The Mom Break is an event for mamas, and it's going to be in September in the Salt Lake City, Utah area. And this is not just another conference where you're going to go and then you're going to hear all the wonderful things that you should be doing and then feel really bad about yourself. No, this is the kind of experience where you are enough just the way you are. We are going to talk about taking a little break from the day to day so that we can just fill you up. We're going to laugh our guts out and just have a really, really wonderful time. We're going to be getting together with Family Looking Up and MBB Nikki and have tons and tons of fun. And we're going to have also some other excellent presenters that I want you to learn all about and you can see in our show notes. So go buy your tickets today. Purchase with confidence. We will refund tickets if we end up having to cancel because of COVID. Our plan is if something comes up and we have to cancel, we will just postpone it. And if you can't make that, we'll definitely refund your ticket. So without further ado, let's let you get to know Whitney so you can get a little taste of what the mom break is going to be like. She is talking to us today about the comparison trap that we find ourselves in as moms and how to break that and how to create your own job description so that you can feel good about the mom that you are, get rid of the guilt, and start celebrating all the unique qualities that we all have. So meet Whitney. Oh, also, I wanted to remind you, she's actually a returning guest. We had her on before, way back on episode number 49, when she was talking about her blog and website, How She Moms. So that link will be in the show notes. You'll have a chance to go back and check that out if you haven't heard her speak with us before. So here we go. Whitney, it is so fun to have you back on the podcast with us. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Do you mind just doing a quick little recap about you and your family since it's been quite a while since we had you on from last time? Yes, of course. So I am um, a mom of five. I have four boys and one girl ranging from 14 down to four. And um, a couple of years ago, I guess like, I don't know, two and a half years ago now, I started How She Moms. Um, which is, has turned into mostly a podcast and I'm creating workshops, things like that. But um, I, before children, I was a writer and a magazine editor. And so this is kind of just the, the junction of my two careers, motherhood and writing. And um, so now I'm writing about motherhood and um, really taking a journalistic approach. So I, I interview lots of moms and I find out how they approach different topics and then, and I, you know, listen to podcasts and read books. I just love to research. And so I'm, I'm just always um, researching new topics and finding out how different moms solve the same problems. And I love that you do this so that I can benefit from all of your research. Oh, I I hope so. (laughs) I don't know how you have time to do all the research you do, but it's incredible. And I just think that it's 
so much fun to listen to you and you have the best ideas. And I love, one thing I think I love about you the most is that you're not judgmental, that this is the way that you have to mother your kids. Like you just talk about different ways that different moms do it and leave it up to the listener or the reader. And that I feel like is the most special thing about what you do. Well, thank you. It's so fun because I often think about how we're all, we're all kind of solving generally the same problems, meeting the same challenges, even though we're in unique situations, but there's so much innovation out there. Like moms are just on the fly, coming up with solutions, inventing new ways to do things all the time. And it's so easy for those to be invisible and for them to go unnoticed. And so I just feel like it's job to be this detective and then share them because we've all been in that situation where we have no clue what to do. Like a kid pulls something out of his hat and like, I do not know how to approach this problem right now. And uh, it's nice to have some answers in your back pocket of different things that people have tried. Yes. I love that because I think sometimes when you're in the moment, you just, you're like frozen because you're stuck and the kids are going crazy. But I love that if I've listened to some of the things that you've done or read some of the posts, then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wait, I know what I want to do right now. It helps me kind of think through it a little bit and not even realize that maybe something that I am good at or something that somebody else is good at. I didn't even think of that as being a solution to the problem that we're at. So anyway, it's just kind of. And the best thing is I don't have to think of all the answers myself because I just talk to so many different moms and, and uh, I really feel like every mom could write a book and should write a book, you know? I mean, everybody has so much to share, um, even the ones that don't realize it. Well, I'm talking to all that, all those moms. That would probably be my favorite part. I would love interviewing and learning about all these moms. That's so cool. Okay, so I really enjoyed the podcast that you had. I mean, this is last week, I guess, about a mom's job. I just love that so much. You talked a lot about what our description job would be, our job description would be as a mom. So will you just kind of explain kind of what I'm, what that means, the steps that you would take? I love all this because it keeps you out of falling into that comparison trap. We're not comparing my best to your worst or vice versa. Instead, we're just writing our own best and the things that we want to do and the things we want to work on. So I'm going to just let you lay that out there. Yeah. So um, I really like to think of motherhood as a career. And that is true whether you have another career or not. Um, If your main career is motherhood, um, that's one thing. But if you have another career, you, you are also just as much, motherhood is just as much a career for you. Um, I've never met a mom who doesn't look at it that way, or at least treat it that way. Um, It's always a priority. And there's a lot of work involved like any other job. Um, there are a lot of rewards, maybe less tangible than money. Um, some of them, but um, at least is visible, right? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But, but it really, it really is a career and we can, um, we can de- um, pursue career development in this career. And like any other career, um, it's important to have overarching goals and a job description so that you know what you're doing and that you can progress and improve. And so um, I, I consider us mothers as self-employed. And so 
the good thing about that is that we get to write our own job description and choose how we're going to approach it and um, really craft it, craft our own motherhood based on our own values and our own priorities. Um, the wild card in there, of course, is the children themselves. And that's the part we don't get to choose. We don't get to choose what little people come to us. And that has its own impact on our job description. And um, that's the part we don't have control of, but we can, uh, we can control how we approach and help them meet their challenges and help just figure out who these little people are. So this, the exciting thing about this is that it looks so different for every single person. And, you know, we all, there's really four main factors. There's your, your own values and priorities, your own talents and skills, your own children, the, their own and their talents, personalities, challenges, and then just your circumstances with health, finances, anything like that. Those all impact um, what your job is going to look like as a mom. And um, as you were mentioning, that makes comparison impossible, really and um, silly, frankly. This is what impacts the way I have started to look at different mothers. And especially when you're scrolling through Instagram and just seeing all the amazing things people are doing, there are two ways you can approach that. You can say, oh my gosh, I'm not doing any of these. I am not a good mom or I'm failing or how on earth is that even possible, <laughs> you know? Um, instead, we can at it and be like, wow, it is amazing the diversity and differences between all these moms. And I'm so glad that she does that so that I don't have to do that <laughs> or, or just, um, just be amazed by each other instead of jealous or envious or um, feeling like we're falling short because there's, there's really no way to compare one mom to another. Well, and I think celebrate it, right? Like I love yeah. listening to you and how your morning routine with your kids is so sweet. How you have that instead of be the tuck in at night, it's like the wake up in the morning where you snuggle them and you're like talking about your day and all sweet. That would not work for me because I am not a nice morning person, you know, but I love that about you that that is one way that you tackled the beast of the evening routine, you know? So it's just, I think so wonderful when we can see each other's strengths and maybe get ideas from each other and if it's not for us then we say you know what I am just going to applaud that mama she's doing an awesome job and maybe I could get them on my podcast that's always what I'm thinking I'd <laughs> right? love to hear more about them and what else they're doing so the rest yeah. of us can learn you know, like them, we right? all have I, I love the um priorities and values are one thing and and that should always you know be your top level piece of your of your job description but then we all have these special skills and gifts that we bring to motherhood that really are unique uniquely crafted to fit our own children too i really believe what i've heard a lot of people say that that your children were meant for you specifically and and your your talents and strengths are custom made to fit these children and um, I, for example, am a music mom. That's, you know, we, 
I help the kids start a, I help the kids start a band. We do music lessons. We, we perform together a lot. And that's, that's how I grew up. And luckily my children also were born with those talents and we love to do that. Worst nightmare. Um, you know, that is not something that every family loves to do together. I would love to do it together, but um, not all of my kids have been blessed with the musical gene. We'll just say that it's just not going to happen. Lots of things would be off key. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's okay because, like, you're a fun, amazing mom that takes your kids to Disneyland at home during the pandemic. I mean, and it's we just, just all have different things that we work with, right? Yeah, yeah, crafting is something that I do not do with my children. I give them supplies and let them go to town, but mm -hmm. I don't do it with them. Mm -hmm. I love taking them out on adventures, but I'm not going to throw a baseball with them because they would learn a lot of bad form from their mother. <laughs> so <laughs> so they're, luckily we're always surrounded by other people with some of those skills to supplement where we may be lacking. And we have great coaches and teachers and friends that can fill in the gaps where we we have them and support our children and whatever they're interested in um we don't have to be everything and we can't and that is a freedom that i hope that every mom can understand because just the the number of sheer possibilities of what motherhood can look like makes it impossible for us all to have all those qualities or all those strengths and so we get to pick and that's the beauty of it. I love that. So this conversation is reminding me of, we were texting back and forth when I was kind of getting those survivor printables ready when we did the survivor theme at our house. And you were like, I couldn't do that. I'm in survival mode. And I'm like looking at you saying, I couldn't go on one-on-one -on -one bike rides with my kids. That would just push me over the edge. So it's just so fun that we just have such different things that we're doing and different ways that we're doing it. And we could just celebrate all of it and lose the guilt about the stuff that we're not doing. Absolutely. Love that. Okay. So let's go just a little bit more into these job descriptions. You have these really great printables. I was so excited about these. Oh, good. I'm and even though useful. you're, even though you're having technical difficulties and you're printing, I screenshotted them and printed them because I was so excited oh, about them. I just had to have them <laughs> right at the beginning. But I love how you just go through and you, first of all, have us all map out the things that are the very most important to us. Do you mind just going through a little bit of things that maybe those possibilities could be? Like, what are some different values and things that you're talking about when you're really trying to nail down what you, what you value the most? Well, this is this is really the, the high-level strategic part of creating your job description. So you really want to start with a kind of a bird's eye view of what you want to accomplish as a mom and what what you want your relationships to be like, especially. So really the, it comes down to three main objectives where you have to provide for their physical needs. And these are, these are kind of going to be applicable to all moms. You have, to, you have to provide for their physical needs, keep them safe, keep them fed, keep them clothed, whether you're doing that or you're hiring other people to 
do some of that. I'm not making any of my kids clothes anytime soon, but I, <laughs> I make sure they are clothed. Um, I made face masks. That as far as I got on the clothing. I am super impressed. I well, throw I didn't even make swear when I sew. So <laughs> I, I actually passed half of them up to my college daughter that hasn't found a job yet. I'm like, here's something for you to do while you're looking even for better. a job. So there's that, there's that, um, you know, that bottom level of Maslow's hierarchy where we just have to take care of their, their physical needs. And then we have to show them love and that's going to look different from one mom to another as well. And then we have to, um, teach them. And that is a broad category also. And within all those things, there's a lot of leeway and there are a lot of other high level objectives you can have as well. But um, you know, part of that is just, just deciding what I want to teach them. So as I mentioned, teaching my kids music is mm-hmm. an important thing to me. Um, teaching them to have faith is an important thing to me. And um, I mean, they're teaching them to love reading, to, to um, be adventurous. You know, there are lots of things that will fit your specific values that you can put in this high level category of, of your overall objectives. And the reason it's important to have these is so that then you can make sure that the little things, the logistics and the tactics um, always harken back to some of these, these high level um, strategic objectives that you have for your motherhood so that you don't get, find yourself off track. Yes. I love that. Well, and it just makes it feel like a little bit more of an intentional way of doing things, right? Yeah. Okay. I love that. Okay. And then you figure out what your kids need, right? Is that the next step? Yes. And this was one of the cool things that happened during this pandemic. Um, I just realized we were kind of floundering in a lot of ways. Um, the remote school wasn't going super great. <laughs> we had, they all needed a lot of supervision and I only have so much time. It was just, we, were, we all had a lot of unmet needs. And so I just typed up um, two lists basically. One of just everyone's basic needs, going back to Maslow, um, you know, some of those food, shelter, safety kind of needs, which honestly, safety was not a need that was being met in my house because there were a lot of, it's a very physical house with four boys. And uh, there were some, some uh, touch and go moments there with some big brawls. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that we talked about, about that. Had a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, so, so there are those basic needs, but then I made a list of just a bunch of jumble of needs and wants that that I knew were on somebody on different children's lists. And um, so I, I just had them all go through that list of wants and needs and kind of indicate what were wants for them and what were needs. And then also rank their top five. And it was, it was fascinating. Yeah. To see what they put on there. Like my oldest son, I just, I don't even know why I put it on the list, but I, I um, put work on a, have a project to work on. And that was one of his top three. He really likes to always have something going. And I didn't even have him in mind, oddly enough, when I wrote that, but, but we got him a project and it made a big difference. So just being able to see from their perspective, not 
not projecting what I think they need, but to hear mm-hmm. from them what they need um, was really fascinating. And it it helped me then set my priorities for how we were going to live this quarantine life. Well, and it helps you see the gaps a little bit. I mean, that's yeah. this whole COVID situation has put a lot of things in the forefront that mm-hmm. maybe kind of were getting pushed aside with the busyness of the school year. I'm realizing, ooh, we definitely have some work to do in certain areas. And so it's been a big eye opener for me as a mom, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so logistics. Will you talk about your step three logistics a little bit? Yeah, so the next step is just to to kind of take stock of what how you are spending your time and, you know, kind of list what you do in a typical week or even a day, depending on what your life looks like right now. I just, I wrote down my, just a a typical week, all the things that I fit in. And then I, I kind of, um, so would you include like your works responsibilities and things in there too, or is that just Um, your mom things or like, what's your list look like? I actually, I actually did, but I like, I color coded it and everything like that. Love <laughs> so I went a little overboard on that. Um, and I, I just included everything that I do in a week. Um, because I just think for me that would up. paint a bigger picture. Yeah. yeah. I think if I like leaving a section of my, if I didn't include my work life and then just focused on the mom stuff, then how would I make all of that fit in? So totally. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So you could make two different lists or you could, it depends on how separate they are. Like, during quarantine, they're not very separate. Yes. (laughs) So whether, whether you are employed by someone else or, or not, you're just kind of balancing it all. So, so yeah, I, I wrote everything out. I ranked it in two different ways. I ranked it both in which things needed to happen daily and which needed to happen weekly and which monthly. So I color coded it that way. And then, um, and then I indicated which things were, were motherhood, which ones were home related, you know, home management related and which ones were um, related to how she moms. And I, so I just kind of kept looking at all these things, rearranging them and looking at, at them in different ways. But also I kept channeling back up to my motherhood priorities and making sure that the things that I was spending my time on were the things that I really cared about. It's really easy to let that just wander off and and go astray. And uh, one thing that was kind of unique about doing this during the pandemic is that I realized um, my priority, the the order of my priorities needed to change. Um, so I. Re- especially since we can't go to church right now, I had, I wanted spirituality be to be my top priority because now I'm in charge of teaching my kids, whatever I want them to learn and filling my own cup that way in a time when I really want to focus on faith instead of fear. So, so that was, so I, I just, I wrote them down in, in order and mine are going to be different than yours, but spirituality is my first. My second one is health. And I, I broke that into three. I want to make sure everybody's eating healthy food, getting sleep and getting exercise. And that goes for me, but also for my kids. And so 
honestly, I was actually putting those three things even above school for my kids because those are the things that were going to make school work. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, because if they're not eating a solid meal, they're not going to be themselves. They're not going to be able to fight off a virus if you end up getting it or any exactly. of the other, yeah, like mentally for sure we have a lot of we need our mental health in a good place before we're going to be worried about any of that extra stuff as well does that kind of go into health category for you too? absolutely yeah and so and so and the exercise piece you know if I had puppies which I don't um I would walk them every day and that would be non-negotiable and so I decided walking my own little puppies mm -hmm. is non-negotiable so so those those three things um contribute to their health and and like you said the mental health but for my kids the eating and the exercise do the most for their mental health so. yeah same with mine same with mine yeah um and then and then come came school and and academic learning and i lumped reading into that and so at the very first week of quarantine i picked an individual i I chose a book that um, I knew each child would like, and I've been doing individual read-alouds. I have missed very few days, and I even put that above some of their school assignments because I know how good it is for them. And the, the bonus there is that it, it fills the one-on-one -on -one time with mom, which is also mm -hmm. scarce, and the academics. And it's been amazing, actually. That's been one of my favorite parts of quarantine. Um, but then I also rotate around and help them get their schoolwork done. The other things that have have shifted is uh, I feel like I've gone back to to the toddler days where for my own self-care, the thing that supersedes all else is alone time because yeah. like those days when you just have a toddler on the hip and one on your leg and that there's just no... There's no alone time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I, a couple weeks in, I just said one o'clock to three o'clock is my time. And that's when I do my writing and whatever else I need to do. And I don't care how much TV or computers they have during that time. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No, you have to. I, I think that I've often run to the woods, which is like three minutes yeah. from my house because they follow me everywhere, but here's the problem is that my older kids, we all have the Life360 app where it says where they're at all the time. Uh, and so they keep finding me. <laughs> oh, you need to turn that sucker off. I know, to disable <laughs> that while I'm gone, but like, oh man, I'm just trying to be alone and you're still, they're all excited. Oh, mom's gone. Let's go get on our bikes and go <laughs> well, and I've decided I've started like on Saturdays. I just drive somewhere and work in my car. That's what I think I need to start doing. I need to go drive yeah. somewhere far enough that they're not going to be right. <laughs> or at least if they jump on their bikes, it's going to take long enough for them to get to me. That by the time they get there, it will be okay, and I'll have had a little time alone. But yeah, well, and you'll notice that in my list of priorities, um, a clean house and clean kids are pretty far down now it used to be a lot higher up and you know that's that's why this is this is a very fluid and ever-evolving job description that we have like right now that is not something that I can prioritize or I would be a crazy person mm -hmm. and so my house is a lot more cluttered than usual and my kids are lucky if they get a bath once a week and mm -hmm. I mean 
the teenagers kind of take care of themselves, but you know, yeah, the little ones. Oh, totally. For the ones that need reminders. Yeah. Yeah. When I start smelling them, I'm like, how many days has it been? And how many days have you been wearing that same outfit? I think oh my like gosh. maybe four or five. Go change. Go yeah. Take a shower. Yeah. And put on deodorant and brush your teeth and you're done. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, but so, I like yeah, different times. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Different times, different priorities. Well, and I was just going to say for some moms, the clean house might be the priority because they might just be out of their minds if the house is a wreck, right? So it's just everybody's absolutely be in a different place that, there, right? And that might be what they need for their mental health. Mm-hmm. That's that is why this has to be so individualized. Yeah, and I love for that. some people's exercise is going to be number one because yeah, that's what you need to to keep your sanity and and that's that's your prerogative to choose i'm realizing that i have different degrees of cleanliness that i can handle too like as long Mm -hmm. as i have certain rooms at a certain level i'm pretty good but once if everything is too much then i'm like that's one reason i'm glad i'm hiding in here talking to you right now because my kids have brought in this gigantic fort from everything in the house in my living room and I could feel the anxiety rising higher and higher. I'm just going right. to let them do everything that they want while we talk, and then I can go make them clean it up. But <laughs> <laughs> totally. But I do love that we have this time for them to play and do that, because on during the school year, generally, we don't have time to do those things. And even sometimes in the summer, we're running around to swimming lessons, or we're getting together with friends, and there isn't as much downtime for them to just have a childhood and just be kids. And so that has been... And I know that isn't everybody's perfect view of what's been happening right now, but for our family, that has been one of the tender mercies that I've realized my kids are finally being able to be kids. And I think I've had us all way too overscheduled before. Oh yeah. There's going to be major changes with everybody's schedules when, when this all, when this all uh, goes back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good reminder that, I mean, really our job description and our, especially the logistical side of it is really going to change seasonally and mm-hmm. it, you know, with the time of year, but also the time of your kids' lives. And that is a really good thing to keep in mind, especially if it seems very burdensome at this moment, because <laughs> yeah. sometimes the logistics just completely supersede those strategic objectives and you cannot even see those that that high level when you're in the middle of diapers and cleaning up messes and you know all those all those little things especially in those early physical years um but it's good to have them to go back to just to feel a sense of purpose yeah yeah so through all this pandemic what have you learned about yourself when you've been trying to prioritize all this? Is there anything that you know that you really want to start doing and keep or things that you really want to weed out and not be doing? Well, the weirdest part to me is that there's a part of me that loves constraints and <laughs> that sounds kind of crazy, but I, you know, that old saying about use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without mm-hmm. the, the make it do part is one of my favorite things in life. And I'm like this in all areas, like with my writing, I love writing 
structured poetry. Like, give me a sonnet form, and I will, I will crank out a poem for you. I I like the, I like the creativity of working around rules, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like when I was gardening, which I don't do much anymore because nothing grows here in Colorado. Um, I'm sure people would, some people would argue with me and those people should come <laughs> over and help me figure it out. But um, when I was in Minnesota and I gardened a lot, I, I preferred like figuring out what to do with my existing plants and, and, and with the spaces I had and just, I just liked working under some, some kind of constraints. And so I was really surprised how much I loved cooking under the constraints of, of, limited supplies and using what I had in my fridge and revolving a whole meal around one ingredient that was about to go bad and I didn't waste. Um, So that's been kind of like the gaming part of it to me. (laughs) It's trying to, the making do and, oh, we can't get this at the store. We can't get this at the store, but what can we do with what we have? Um, That's been just like this fun little challenge for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I limit breed creativity, right? That's, I've heard that saying from my friend that's an artist so many times that her art is just flourishes when she has limits on what she's recreating. It's like it just breeds more of that creative juice, trying to get it work around that and see how you can do it. Yeah, so that's been one of the surprising joys of, of this life. I've loved the extra time. My husband, for about a month was not able to operate. He's a surgeon. And so for the first time ever, we had family dinners and that was kind of a fun experiment and a fun (laughs) thing to do. He's still, um, he started operating a little bit. Um, It's just slowly ramping back up. So he's not always home as early as he was, but we've still been able to fit in a lot of walks and a lot of dinners together. And that's been amazing for our family and I already mentioned the reading to the kids that has been fabulous so so those are some of the some of the good things that have come out of it so what has been what has been the hardest for you though do you have the hardest that you want to talk about or you're like yes I've already (laughs) talked about the lack of alone time um I realize how precious that has become to me now that I am away from that toddler stage I also am mourning a little bit the loss of this precious time that I had with my last baby. So I have a four-year-old and this was, we had been having this magical year of just being the two of us. And he just comes on my errands and he's kind of out of that needy stage and we just enjoy each other's company. And all of a sudden now we're sharing that time with everybody else. (laughs) And and I've been spending way less time with him than I, than I did because the others are so needy with their schoolwork and, and stuff like that. So that's part of like my, my morning for, for this time. You know what? I'm having the same thing. It, this was my daughter's last year before kindergarten. So yeah, same she here. should be starting in September. And I'm just feel like I got kind of gypped on that last yeah. year with her, you know? Totally. I mean, and not only because I'm busier with the other kids, but she's busier with the other kids. She's having a wonderful time playing with her siblings, which I think is really special. Yes, but it really I, is. I miss just my time with her and doing all those fun little things that usually we would do with those, you know, young five-year-olds that are just ready to, she's just really fun to hang out with now. <laughs> yeah. Quite as needy. It is. It's a delightful age. Yeah. And then we've, we have really 
really struggled with the remote school. Some of my kids who love school have just not loved school. <laughs> They've been overwhelmed. That social aspect too. For yes. Yeah. 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 And there was, there's, yeah, there, there's the, the ones that have struggled in school. It's been good for me to see exactly where the struggle is coming mm -hmm. from to be more hands-on. So it's been good in that way, but there's also been a lot of fighting and I may have been a large part of that, that fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it hasn't been a harmonious time um, in our family, but we've been able to work through some hard things and face some hard truths and I'm not going to go too deep into it, but it, it's, it's been revealing in, in lots of ways and helped us to, to kind of face some of our challenges. For me, it's been revealing of them and of me. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So we've been talking about how all of us moms have been doing things in our own way. I would love if you would share a little bit about this awesome meal planning course that you've started for moms and you've even made it free for people during this quarantine COVID time, which I think is really amazing because you've put so much hours of work into this that it was really nice of you to yank off the price point for a little while here while people might be struggling financially. But can you just go a little bit into that a little bit of how? What yeah, I'd doing? love to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is something that I'm, I'm planning to continue to develop more and more workshops on, on just different aspects of home management and motherhood. Just Oh, and really quick, before you go on, uh -huh. that was one thing I wanted to point out from before, and then I forgot because we talked about other things. But I really love how you separate motherhood from home management. Oh, yeah. I think so many people just throw that all into the same kitty when they are different. So anyway, okay, keep going. Yeah, no, I, I, um, so I started with meal planning partly because it has always been such a, such a fluctuating thing for me. I've always been up and down and I tend to, to choose the topics that I need the most help with, perhaps selfishly or perhaps because I know that a lot of moms are struggling with the things that I struggle with. <laughs> so, so I started with meal planning and I just wanted to tackle it from all angles and see what kind of different solutions would help moms who maybe aren't the most organized and don't want this regimented, strict schedule. Um, some moms that leaned toward a technology solution, technological solution, some who wanted to do it completely analog. And I just found a lot of moms that were doing really unique things, um, including you. Um, Which was Hillary, such an honor to teachers. be part of that. It was yes. so, such a surprise and so fun that you were incorporating some of the things that I do. Yeah, but I, after going through your course, I'm like, I could tweak some of the things I'm doing and incorporate some of these things these other moms are doing. I mean, even though you included me as part of the course, I loved doing the course because I loved what all these other people were doing. So it was just really cool. Even oh, if you I'm have so a glad. system, it's neat to hear what other people are doing and how you could make that work for you. And like you said, in times and seasons, my meal planning in the school year may be very different from my meal planning in the summer, you know? Yes. And I've used a lot of the different ones that I presented at different times. So yeah. I wanted something that was going to be able to grow with your own, um, just the different stages of a mom, your own skill level. 
And I, I wanted it to, you know, not be that one size fits all. So I start the same way that I started talking about this job description. I start with that high level strategy, like what are you actually trying to accomplish with your meals? Um, do you care mostly about the nutrition? Do you care about the family togetherness of eating together? You know, I, I, I made a whole long list that you could pick from and then add your own objectives. And then I just took it down. I went to the tactics, like some of the, some of the different ways you can meal plan and then all the way down to logistics, what you do on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis um, to set up a, a system that can kind of go on autopilot. That's always my goal too, so that you don't take the thinking out, so that you can take the thinking out of it and um, really focus on what's most important in motherhood. I like it too, because it made me set my priorities in a way like, for example, you know, I made me think about, okay, it seems like every Friday night we end up going out, like regardless, even during this quarantine time, I'm pretty burned out about cooking. And so that just should be on the plan is that yeah. we just go out every Friday night. And most of the time we ended up having leftovers on Thursday, just the way the week goes. So why not just leave that open and don't even stress myself out about thinking about what to fix Thursday night. That will just be leftover night, you know, and that just different things like that. I think thinking about it in a more, like you talk about your bird's eye view, you get a better perspective of what is really going to be the factors that are happening in your life and what you should plan for, what's in your budget, all the different factors that could come into it. Yeah. And I, I found myself, especially early on in my motherhood, I would create these ideal plans. Yes. These like fanciful gourmet plans <laughs> or, <laughs> or, you know, in whatever, whatever arena. And they were not based in real life and they were not practical. And that's, that's what I want above all is to make these practical so that if you're a planner, great, you make it color coded and fancy. If you are a fly by the seat of your pants person, you realize that there already is a structure to what you're doing a little bit and you work within that loosey goosey structure that you have. I love that. I love that. So much fun. Okay. And so let's tell everybody where they can find that. Okay. So um, the best place is to just go to howshemoms.com. It's easy to remember. And it's, there's just a link on my homepage that'll take you to the course and that's going to be free until the end of May. And then, um, so hurry up if you want it free. <laughs> yeah. And then, then it'll be, um, $30 after that. Um, but then I am in development. I'm developing my laundry course to focused on two home management things in a row, but, uh, I'm just going to get that laundry one up and running and that one will be a permanently free class just to give you a taste of what, what these workshops are about. Awesome. I always need help with laundry. I have my system, but it doesn't always work. So I always love to hear what other people are doing. There's so many moving parts. So many and so many bodies to be clothed, yep. which I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for the bodies, but boy, it's a big job over here. I really love the podcast that you did about the mail planning course. So I'll put that link in the show notes too. Oh, awesome. So they can listen to that if they don't have time to just delve into it yet, but want to hear more about it. Yeah. And that's one of the actual lessons. Of yeah. The course, so. Yeah. That way you, they can really get a feel our friends that are listening right now. So, okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? I do have a lot of fun topics coming up that I've been developing and I'm really excited about digging deeper into motherhood itself. 
And um, so some of the things that you can look for upcoming on How She Moms are, um, I'm talking to moms about the different stages in a mom's development. You know, we talk about childhood development and the different stages, but there are also distinct stages in motherhood. So I've been doing a lot of interviews with some great women about the different stages of motherhood. And that has been fascinating. Um, I have one coming up on self-care, um, which is kind of even more critical, I think, in this time of quarantine. And obviously the kind of the nitty gritty self-care, not, not the not the surface um, not kind of pampering type. Not go get your nails type. done because yeah. you yeah. may or may not have a salon that's even right. open at this point, right? <laughs> right, and and few, very few mothers that I know really think of self care in those terms, anyway. And I mean, that that absolutely may be part of your self care is is the physical side, but but most mothers I talk to recognize that there there's physical, spiritual, emotional. There's a lot of different different yeah. realms of self care. So we're gonna mm -hmm. kind of explore all of those. And then um, I'm kind of delving into the titles that we have for each ourselves. Um, so I've, I, I'm, I have a lot of um, kind of deeper topics coming up that I'm excited about, mostly because I've talked to some really amazing moms and uh, there's some, there's some good stuff coming down the road. Can't wait. So excited. Okay. So let's tell everybody one more time where they can find you. So howshemoms.com. And the How She Moms podcast, and you're on Instagram. You have your great Facebook group. Yeah, so all of those things. Luckily, I was able to get How She Moms for all of those, so it's pretty easy to find me. That's it's a win when that happens for sure. Yeah. So okay, I cannot wait, and I cannot wait for everybody to come see more of you at the Mom Break event that we have coming up in September. So everybody go get your tickets so you can come see Whitney present at that. It's going to be so much fun to be in person with you at that event. Yes, indeed. It'll be a blast. Thank you, Whitney. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, I hope that you will share this with a friend and grab another friend or even that same friend if you want. And come over for a great girls weekend in September 18th and 19th in the Salt Lake City area. And join us for the mom break where you can meet me and Whitney and the family looking up and MBB Nikki and so many other presenters. It's going to be a blast. So don't miss the early bird special. Jump on there. The link is in the show notes. Have a great week.